So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Welcome back, my beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for being here for another episode of Stop Drinking and Start Living. I'm really excited to have something a little bit different for the show today, and it really is in alignment with women's health and women's power over their health, um, you know, in a, in a different way. So what we are doing today is we are talking to Sarah Clark, who is the founder of Fab Fertile Inc., which is a, um, an organization for natural fertility. So Sarah, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me, Mary. Yeah. So Sarah, why don't we just start out by you telling the listeners a little bit about you and your background? Yeah. So I had my own journey uh, with fertility where um, in my early twenties, I had a regular cycle. So my cycle was coming a couple times a year. I had a weird fungal rash on my chest. Um, I had uh, some yeast infections, a little bit of acne, um, which sort of got a little bit worse after that. But it, you know, during my, during my teen years, I had great skin. Then all of a sudden my early twenties started getting adult acne. So first line of defense was put on the pill. So I went on the pill and I had this plan of getting married at 25, which I did. So I just celebrated 25 years of being married. Um, and so got married at 25 and wanted to have my kids at 28. And, um, 
So I came off the pill and got tested because my cycles were still irregular after coming off the pill and was, was diagnosed with premature ovarian insufficiency. So loss of function of the ovaries before the age of 40. And basically was told the only way I'd ever have children was by using donor eggs. And I remember the OBGYN, she reached up on her shelf, grabbed the brochure to the uh, IVF clinic and said, off you go. And um, I was in complete shock. I had, I didn't even know what the heck had just happened. I was 28. You know, how, you know, how, how could this be? And um, because I'm a person of action, I went straight into action and I got on a list for donor eggs. I, I did not get a second opinion. I didn't check to, to see why I had these other health issues to begin with. I just accepted the diagnosis and actually re- reframed it to think that I had it easier than other people because I didn't have to go through years of trying to make my own eggs work. I could use donor eggs and off I go. So, you know, looking back, that was very sort of ridiculous, but not ridiculous, but it was just a, it's just how I cope with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so got on the list for donor eggs and the first um, transfer, we were lucky enough to have our daughter and she is almost 20. So 20 years ago, when you said you're using donor eggs, people were kind of looked at you and went, I don't even know what that is. So uh, now we have, you know, there's embryo adoptions and embryo donations because of all the IVFs that are going on. So there's, you know, this is more commonplace. Um, still, still, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's typically for most people, it would be the absolute last thing that you'd be doing. Not like for myself that I, that was the first thing I tried. Um, and then I, that I had to, we had two embryos left over, wanted the kids close together and went back in after a year, super stressed, like very focused to have the kids close together. And then that's when, um, um, so that cycle didn't fail. So that cycle didn't work. And then, and then we went on a list for another donor and then we're lucky to have our son who he's 17. So, um, and, and then really after I had my daughter, my health really took a nosedive. So I had, I remember having like nine colds in one year, every cold went to a science infection. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for every cold, obviously completely destroyed my gut health. Um, I started getting chronic bladder infections, chronic yeast infections, dandruff, toenail infections. I got every cold and flu that went by me. Um, but actually even looking back then, I still would have said, if I had to fill out a little form there saying, how's your health? I probably still would have said it's excellent, <laughs> even though, cause I was still functioning, but you know, my immune system was compromised. I had seasonal allergies, which I never had before. I was just, you know, every morning I woke up sneezing and, um, And then I discovered, so I was in HR for a year, like 20 year career in HR. And um, I discovered uh, I wanted to bring coaching into the HR environment. And so I took a life coaching course. That's when I had my own personal wake up call and um, discovered I really loved health and wellness. So then took a health coaching course. And then I discovered I had these food sensitivities. So for me, I'm sensitive to gluten and dairy. Uh, Lo and behold, I took those out. And the yeast, the bladder, the sinus, everything started to improve. Turns out I didn't need to have antibiotics for every last infection. I could, you know, manage this with diet. And then, um, and then later found out it was also corn that I needed to take out and found some gut infections in there. Um, And underneath all of this, which I wouldn't even have said was the case, was a chronic stress where I was just like, I will keep going and I will continue on and fight the good fight. So chronic stress. Um, and then 
really, I didn't discover any of this till it's 40. It was fully in menopause. I really devoted my time and business to helping couples with uh, low AMH. So uh, anti-malaria and hormone being told, you know, that donor eggs are their only option, high FSH. So follicle stimulating hormone, um, diminished ovarian reserve and premature ovarian insufficiency, either get pregnant naturally or improve the chances of pregnancy success at the clinic with their own eggs. So lots of hope and lots of um, things to do when we take a, a functional approach. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Sarah, this is amazing. And I, I wasn't sure how it was all going to tie in together, but as you're talking and, you know, bringing the coaching aspect in, it sounds like that was the opportunity to think beyond, right. To think beyond, um, the term I've been talking about lately is concrete authority versus abstract authority, which is, you know, becoming, the, the authority of your own life, becoming that self-advocate for yourself, where it's a, it's not just a second or third opinion even, but also what's, what's happening for me. What's the root versus just kind of that bandaid of, you know, sometimes the antibiotics or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, so do you feel like when you were going into that journey in your HR of the coaching, um, it was just giving you that, that shift of more options, more of that wider perspective that there wasn't just one way. Yeah. Like I, I was in a male, I was always in male dominated, like, you know, engineering companies. So male. And I was like, I don't even, I literally like for the, when I was in these, some of these companies, I'm like, I don't even know why I was there. I didn't even like anything they were making. I'm, I'm not technical. I, I have always loved health and wellness. And I'm like, how did I even get here? That's when I tried to do is bring the coaching. Well, I'm, you know, some of it did resonate kind of with some of the engineering kind of side of things. Um, but, um, you know, it, it, it was just interesting where you end up, you kind of end up that I'm like, why am I here? And then with the life coaching, I'm like, oh, well, I can do whatever the heck it is I want. And, <laughs> and yeah. off we go. I will like talk about, I'm like a major late bloomer. Well, <laughs> no, too late to let go. Like, let's like do what you want and love and you know, I literally for years, I was shopping and doing all this stuff and reading, you know, I, I do enjoy fashion, but just like reading all this stuff and like, just not fulfilled, like bored. And although I would have thought I, like, I would have said I was, I was happy, but I, I was just not fulfilled and not challenged. And not until I, you know, just really discovered this, about my own health. And then I'm like, wait, I really want to share this with other people. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I mean, I honestly don't even think it's about being a late bloomer. I think it's about, you just explained it so beautifully. It's first of all, about not seeing that there are other options, right? It's kind of, we, this, the structure of our, of our culture, especially in kind of a male dominated world is like, this is just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think the invitation for men, especially has always been to do what you, like you said, I can do whatever I want. And it's like, I feel like a lot of times men in our culture have been raised to know that. And Mm -hmm. that hasn't always been the invitation. And so probably a lot of your stress came from, right. The pressure of keeping up in that, maybe even subconsciously in a way that you weren't satisfied that part of, you know, the depths of who you are, wasn't being, wasn't in alignment with how you really wanted to express yourself, but not even really understanding that there were options. And not even knowing in this very kind of masculine energy of pushing and, you know, I, I've always, you know, we're all intuitive and, and, um, I just kind of pushed that intuition out of me for years that corporate environment kind of did that. And now, you know, coming back to that piece where like the synchronicities and really kind of 
listening to like looking for the signs because they're all around you and all, all that piece. And that's where, that's where the fun is. And um, the other, you know, I, I, I am naturally like, let's get it done kind of person. Like I am a doer by, by nature. I just, that's just who I am, but it's also the peace lies in, in if I get too much into that impatience, then comes the frustration and then the brick wall and the head banging is the brick wall. So it's the, also the letting go and, and the, the, the surrendering piece, which, which that's the muscle. And in times of stress, I, I, I always let it go. Yes. <laughs> it, it's that it just bad. moved like over the summer and I haven't meditated in probably 60 days. And I, you know, my meditation has been getting outside because we have a trailer and I've been going up North and doing that piece. So that's kind of it. But um, it's interesting where that internal work, I've done a lot of like work on that piece um, in times of stress. I do it again. Yeah. It go. <laughs> yeah. And I always say that urgency is just a great sign to just kind of take a step back. Right. Cause it's like, there's nothing that's so urgent. And I think that there can be that balance of that fierce, you know, cause we have a balance of masculine and feminine energies, yeah. every single human of all of us, but it's, um, so it's kind of that fierce conviction sometimes of that, of the feminine. And also, like you said, when it's that, f- when it feels like it's urgency, that's creating unnecessary stress, it's like, okay, take, take mm-hmm. a step back. But this is so beautifully interwoven into the work that I do. And for you, you know, the way that it came out was infertility and some of the ways that it comes out and the people and the clients that I talk to may be that, but also is alcohol. Like alcohol is kind of the symptom for a lot of uh, for this stress, right. For this unmet and unanswered or unexplored intuition that you're talking about that there hasn't until now, I really believe we are creating new avenues. You're creating your business. I have my business. We're creating new, um, environments where that intuition is welcomed to be explored because if the cycle, if the feminine cycle isn't ever really understood and it's just, Oh, once a month you, you bleed. Right. And that's what so many people that I start to work with really think is my cycle is just this time that I'm bleeding. But what I teach my clients is that it's, it's the full, you know, 27 to 33 days or whatever it is. But if we don't really understand it and it's always kind of this burden to bear, then there's so much of that deeper intuition of the self that's really also being neglected because I believe that our feminine cycle has so much wisdom and intuition to teach us if we listen to it. Um, and, you know, like you said, really, it was like the answer was just get on pill, you know, get on birth control to regulate it. And I'm not, you know, shaming any of that, but I do think that the d- deeper implications of just understanding like our bodies have wisdom and, and being able to communicate with them is something that it, we've just simply haven't been taught. Um, and I'm in some, some, you know, um, communities now where I, that was how, how I changed my relationship to alcohol was by diving into a deeper understanding of my personal cycle as a woman. Um, and not shaming it and not neglecting it and really honoring it. Um, and it sounds like that was some of the work too, you were doing, you know, through food, through understanding your body. Yeah. Really listening to your body that, you know, before there's issues, I would, you know, run for antibiotics or run for a pill. And it's funny, I grew up in a very like healthy um, household. My mom was like, she studied the market manual every minute, but, but like, so she wouldn't go to see the physician. She was like into transcendental meditation, but no one even knew what it was. She, um, 
and she's been a vegan for like both my parents have been vegans like 35 years when everyone was like that is nuts and now you know they're in their mom's in her mid 70s my dad's 80 um and now all their friends are kind of their health is deteriorating and um you know they're really they're, they're feeling really great not to say that you know you need to go vegan but you know, eating more plants is always a good idea. So, but then I, I left that. Cause I'm like, I don't want to eat like that. I'll see you later. And I started eating right. you know, Campbell's soup from a tin and off I went. And um, then my health took a really big nosedive. So I do believe, you know, diet is one of the first places to start. And then um, um, yeah, digging it, like, you know, what, you know, what you place on your fork every day does matter. And then also, um, you know, obviously mindset. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to talk a little bit about really what is Fab Fertile and who is it for? Yeah, so we work with couples, like we were saying, with like diminished ovarian reserve and premature ovarian insufficiency, like low AMH and high FSH. They've typically been told that donor eggs are their only option. They may have had um, multiple failed IVFs or IUIs, and um, and they're, they're really kind of at a you know, they either discover me when they first had the diagnosis, but typically most people have been trying for a couple of years and they've had those, those failed cycles and being told there's no hope we can't do anything for you. And they've had through gone through IVF and it's, they've had a poor response. It hasn't worked. And typically they spend tens of thousands of dollars on a solution that they thought was going to work. So, um, finding us is where we take a functional approach and that we have access to functional lab testing. And so really, uh, digging deeper with a very personalized approach with testing. So um, nutrigen uh, genomics, so genetic testing we're doing as well as um, stool and food and, and more, and really being able to develop that personalized approach um, for each couple. And even though we're dealing with female factor infertility, we're always coaching couples unless someone's single by choice, because in the beginning we were just coaching women. It was a whole other side of things when the partner, you know, the partner's not on the same page. So to get, you know, each person will have their own goals, but to get everyone on the same page, because you're building that strong, healthy foundation for your, for your future child and you as parents. So starting, you know, eating together and um, even, you know, your, your either exercising or your relationship and how this is some, you know, it can either, this journey can either tear you apart as, as a couple or bring you closer together. So it's important to be you know, with a coach and then having each person voice their feelings on how they're doing with this. Cause it's a very emotional, um, up and down roller coaster of a journey, obviously each cycle, you know, up, that, that doesn't work is, 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 you know, is devastating. So, um, yeah, we take that personalized approach and then really have, um, have a, uh, each person has a nutrition practitioner and a, a coach that follows them along and really kind of provides that, that concierge level service to help them really get out of their own way and then increase the chances of pregnancy success. Yeah. I really love that. I, that component of making sure everyone's on the same page and it's just not, cause I, I'm, I can only imagine, I know this is true for the clients that I work with that it can feel very isolating, right? I mean, it's not like something that you're just talking about all the time with all the people. And it's not, you know, even, even like you said, like there's this, just this one solution in kind of the medical field. And so making sure that the people that are supporting you the most are on board with it. And it's for them also, um, you know, because we know, and I would love for you to talk about this a little bit about what you see with the shift of, you know, 
the, if, how much emotions play into success. If people are feeling, you know, deflated and defeated and invalidated and isolated versus when they, you know, come to work with you. <laughs> if they have an emotional shift of feeling more support and love, like with, even with their partner, do you feel like that, that sends a different message to the body and even in success for, um, you know, for fertility? Yeah, it's really a mind, mind, body, spirit approach. Cause you can dial on the diet and the sleep and really get, you know, the exercise in place. But if we haven't got like the mindset where, because if you if your reproductive endocrinologist has told you, you know, you're going to struggle, this is going to be hard for you. Donor eggs are the only option. Wow. This is a really bad diagnosis. And that gets embedded in your psyche. And then maybe you don't even can't even visualize it working then how it's, it can be difficult to you to make some of these targeted changes. So the, the mindset piece is, is key. We, we include a, um, uh, distance Reiki as part of our program. So some energy work, uh, that you do with your, with your couple, um, with your, with, with your partner, and also like with the coaching part of it. So helping with limiting beliefs and being able to visualize, you know, positive outcome, uh, uh, reframing also, um, yeah, many people have negatively hypnotized themselves with all sorts of the doom and gloom. Cause it's, it's a very, you know, emotional, um, journey. So it's, it's equally as important for us, you know, digging, you know, targeting that diet and lifestyle than it is to, um, optimize, the hope, the, your intuition to like, where do you feel in your, your, your body that, you know, there's a little fluttering of, of hope because many times it's to say people feel hopeless and then they feel disempowered. And so this approach is very empowering and you don't need to sit around. That's why we, like, we typically are working with like a type A busy professionals, a lot of people in the healthcare field, doctors, nurses, and, and more um, who just love the science so I get a lot of sciencey people because it's a functional approach, but it's equally as important for us to, you know, look at the spiritual side of this side of things. So, um, yeah. I love that so much because that is one of the things that we focus on so much. And you, you mentioned limiting beliefs. I love that you're doing Reiki um, because that's my, my practice is a holistic coaching practice as well, where we look at, you know, obviously the physical parts of, you know, the alcohol, but also the energetic implications as well, because literally the words you say create the vibration in your body. So it's the difference between saying, you know, my body's broken versus, this is possible. Like those, just saying those sentences create a, such a different feeling and that sends that signal. And that's what can create also that, um, that chronic stress too, if that's the story you're playing in your head again and again. So my, my listeners are very familiar with me always saying it's the words you say that are so important because they literally create the vibration in our body, um, which creates that connection again and again. So I love that you're bringing that in because it, it, it really is so important. And the, that piece of like feeling that fluttering of hope to really connecting to the actual sensation in the body is such a, a beautiful thing that again, I just think we're not really taught. And that's why, wow, what an amazing gift you're giving to the world through this work, because, um, I know it can be such, um, such a scary, uh, and yeah, devastating experience for, for people, um, and be able to, you know, for your clients to just be able to be heard, I think is probably such an important 
piece too, to have a forum to, to actually talk about their, their own concerns. Um, mm-hmm. So tell me about what other areas um, really, what, where are there other areas where you see the same issues that are creating infertility that are also kind of just affecting daily health that maybe people are, are neglecting? Yeah. So some of the themes we see are blood sugar imbalance. So if you kind of think you're an irritable person or if you're cranky or you've got those mood swings, sort of blood sugar imbalance, which then can impact your sex hormones. So looking, um, you know, making sure you have a diet that's, that's, that's dialed in to make sure that your, your, you know, your insulin is, is regulated is key. We see that for both men and women all the time. We see thyroid imbalance being told your TSH is, is normal. No one looking at a full, a full panel, um, not that we're diagnosing, but, um, if there's antibodies, people, people like no one's looking at a full panel. So maybe there's autoimmune issues, which, you know, the, the thyroid is, is tied to your cycle. So if your cycle is off looking at your thyroid, we see this in 99% of people there's a, in there's a, a dysfunction in the thyroid. So that's key to, to dig deeper. And, and that's the reasons as to why it's off. Um, we also see gut infections where people wouldn't think if you're dealing with a fertility issue that there could be, um, anything going on in your gut, be it streptococcus or H pylori or, uh, worms, parasites, fungal infections, there's gut, gut, um, imbalance, um, and, uh, food sensitivities see this all the time, typically with those diagnoses that we, we work with, there's it's non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So gluten completely off the chart. So taking, taking it out completely and sometimes forever, not always for people, but um, sometimes forever if it's, if it's very high on a food sensitivity test. And um, yeah, so those are some of the, the, the main themes we see kind of from a biochemistry standpoint. And we do a full like major deep dive into health history using testing, looking at genetics, and then really customize that, the diet and lifestyle so you can fast track this. So there's Many people worry that, oh, oh, well, you know, we're not going to find anything. And that hasn't been the case. It's, there's always things we can do otherwise, because, you know, because your body wants to come into balance. It wants to procreate. And right now there's, there's some sort of stressor, be it a food sensitivity, gut infection, even, you know, um, environmental toxins. We're in a huge toxic soup right now with our, our, um, you know, our personal care and, and um, chemicals that we're exposed to over 85,000 chemicals we're exposed to. So all this, you know, impacts our endocrine system for both um, men and women. So it's key to dig into that. And then obviously the, the, um, the mental, emotional side of it, Yeah, getting, getting help and getting honest about there, there seems to be also themes of like trauma um, people have experienced, obviously with a diagnosis in itself can be traumatic mm-hmm. um, or trauma that you've experienced in your childhood or before. And so being able to help have someone, you know, we refer up to therapy if needed, but we have coaching and. So some of them are the energy working, um, we have um, emotional freedom techniques. So all of this, not all at once, because that's like super overwhelming, but we we layer it in um, looking at all angles that your conventional um, team has probably never even looked at. Right. Yeah. And that's the whole thing about, you know, um, I just think support in general is that there's never just one solution as just because like, there's never just because there's never just one body, right? Every body is so individual, every mind, every, 
you know, history is so individual. So to just have a one size fits all, just doesn't even really make sense. And it doesn't diminish the work of, you know, traditional allopathic Western medicine. It's just saying, Hey, there's, there's more to, there's more solutions to the problem. Right. Um, and I really, one of the things that you said, um, well, it sounds like all of this too is stuff that any any person might want to look into, like that it could be causing you know issues in other areas, even if you're not just trying to get pregnant, right? I mean, if these things are off in your life, then there's like you said, like are you cranky and mood, these types of things, and what you had said earlier about your own personal journey, where um, you would have said, oh, my health is fine. It's you know, I often see, especially with mental health and physical health, kind of in our Western world, we have a pretty low standard (laughs) for what that looks like. Right. Um, it's like, yeah, as long as I can function every day, it's, it doesn't matter if I have all these medications, you know, and again, that's not shaming anything, but it's like, it doesn't mean that I'm in optimal health when they're, when the opportunity could be there. And I think the other piece too, that it sounds like you about the being honest part of it and the mental part of it is there doesn't have to be shame through this process that there's a lot of people that go through this and you're not alone. And there's a solution because you didn't even know that there was a problem. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like the blinders are off and then people discover like the functional side of things with testing and all these different things they can do. And it's like, what, why didn't anybody tell me this? And that's, that's why I've, you know, I've had my podcast almost for like almost four years now, uh, get pregnant naturally. And literally, um, cause I've discovered this and like, I need to let people know this, like, this is, I can't keep this to myself. So, um, I just want, like when we're, when I'm sharing information, I just want someone to say like, aha, like what, where was I? And why didn't I know? And, yeah. you know, I consider myself an educated, smart woman. I'm like, why did I not find this? Yeah. And so, um, if you're here listening, yeah, you found it for a reason. <laughs> yeah. That's so beautiful. And, um, I did want, since we're here talking about alcohol on this podcast also, do you have any information about how, what you've seen the way that alcohol has affected reproductive health, even in general, and of course with pregnancy? Yeah. So studies are finding that, so even four drinks a week can decrease the effectiveness of uh, in vitro fertilization. So IVF and also uh, alcohol can reduce the the quality and quantity and uh, of the mo- of the motility of the sperm. So um, and then ultimately it impacts the health of your gut, which then impacts your whole entire body. So, um, and there's different, like with alcohol too, it can be, um, like, is there histamine, uh, issues going on? So if someone's having red wine and you get, your face gets all flushed, is there like a histamine issue? Um, our thing is we, we ask people to start and doing an elimination diet and taking out the top allergens for 10 days, including alcohol. Some people kind of freak out because they're like, Ooh, they keep asking and alcohol and alcohol or like, yes. And alcohol. Um, and so that becomes an interesting conversation. If when we're asking you to take it out and you just don't want to, and even people we've asked them, you know, if you had to take out alcohol, have your, if we asked you to take out alcohol, because it was important to have your baby, would you? And some people are not sure. Mm. So that's like additional like coaching therapy and support around that of, of why you're using it. Is it like a coping thing? Is there like a neurotransmitter issue going on with like maybe a low dopamine? So when you run in the house, you have to grab the wine and it's your neuro, you know, your neurotransmitters are off and we start to balance those things. 
you like the biochemical issue, obviously mm-hmm. as, there's also mental emotional stuff going on there too. So maybe you've had, you know, your gut or your microbiome has been out of balance. And as we start to balance that um, and, and heal and repair and eliminate infections, lo and behold, you know, some of the cravings for um, alcohol start, start to dissipate. And then it could just be part of a, part of a habit. So um, this is part of our coaching program where, yeah, we're looking at all aspects of this. And if um, it's interesting around like the social side of things, especially with the, we're asking people to change their diet and then, Ooh, now I can't even drink. So um, people start to, they can ostracize themselves and um, then you're not having fun. And, and then people are like, I don't even want to go out with others that are drinking. It gets awkward. And um, so lots of ways to, to cope with that. And I guess if you're on a serious bar scene with you're drinking all the time. Um, yeah. It's just interesting on, on, you know, who you're hanging out with and what's everyone doing. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I have, I, think- group, I have a group of friends that some of them will hit the bottle hard. Others were, you know, others will, they maybe drink a couple times a year. So um, yeah, it's interesting of sort of the, that societal pressure. And I think those are some of the things that the things we see with our couples, more of a societal pressure. And then, things that, that the biochemical stuff that hasn't been addressed. And that's why they're potentially craving alcohol. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that in too, because it really is so layered. And when it comes to, you know, examining limiting beliefs, I think that that's one of them too, is we have a lot of beliefs in our head about what it will mean if we're not drinking, but a lot of times they're actually not even true. It's just kind of this collective story that everyone believes, but then like no one's really doing that. Some people will, some people will pressure you. But what I've found in my work is most of the time, a lot of the social, um, the social beliefs don't actually come to fruition and no one actually really cares whether or not you're drinking in the long run. Mm-hmm. They're <laughs> so, not even looking at you. <laughs> yeah. No one's actually really cares. You're just the one it's just in your head. So it's just, it's really examining what are those beliefs and what's a different what's a different belief, right? I can be, I can be myself with my friends. These people care about me. Right. Um, and so kind of comes back to that same mind, you know, the words that you say are going to really support your, your, the actions that you take too. So, but yeah, oh my gosh, Sarah, like the layering, I've been discovering this a lot more with, with people around the digestive health and I'm only one person I can only coach on so much. And it's like, having the team, I think is so awesome because the digestive health, I know this for me is a huge indicator of my mental, emotional health, especially on a cyclical nature. Cause I chart my cycle very diligently. And so mm-hmm. I know when my digest, just so quick, and I can feel my digestion is off. I definitely have those extra days where I'm less patient. I'm um, definitely more irritable and nothing's changed, right? It's just my digestion. And I'm exploring that with some of my clients right now. So I'm really glad you brought that forward because the, the issues are layered. It's not just so cut and dry of, Oh, I'm going to stop drinking or, Oh, I'm just going to take this pill and have a baby, right? Like there's so we're so intricate. I mean, there's the systems of our body are just so fascinating and, and, and so miraculous too, that we have to take care of it so they can function at their optimal level. Um, I could just keep talking to you, but I know that we are going to wrap up here. So what is the, what is the most important thing, um, 
important message that you would tell someone who's trying to get pregnant right now and struggling besides coming yeah. to you? <laughs> yeah, no, I really believe there there's hope and, you know, you know, your body best. Um, and, and sometimes we give over our, our, our power to the person in the white coat and they can be part of the solution. So it's not excluding conventional medicine, but it's looking that, you know, you're in the center, you have your team of people around you. Um, you know, your body best and you know, to really be your own advocate is, is key. And, and that's why I like the, the, you know, a functional approach is very empowering and people are like, Oh, wow. And you really start to understand your body from a, you know, what, what may work for someone else may not work for you. So it's that very personalized individual approach. And, um, you just, it's just a deeper understanding of yourself. Girl, you are speaking my language. <laughs> Can you just tell our audience what does functional medicine mean to you? Because I know that's a term that's out there that I don't think a lot of people understand what that is. Yeah, so it's root root cause medicine, and really, yes. um, yeah, digging like it's not just with conventional medicine. It's sort of identify, like diagnose and prescribe a pill for an ill. Whereas the the functional medicine is, oh wait, here's the the the. The, here's a diagnosis, but what's the root cause and kind of going upstream to all those different things we talked about. So environmental toxins, sensitivities, gut infections, mental, emotional stress, you know, detoxification, all, all of these different other avenues, you know, why, and then medication could be part of the solution sometimes and not avoiding it. Surgery, sometimes, you know, it may, may be part of it, but um, typically it's dig- digging deeper kind of from a like a biochemical, a mental, emotional, all, all of these different, um, factors. And, um, it's, it's the medicine of the future. It is the medicine of the future. Oh my gosh, Sarah, I do want to ask you one more thing. I'm so sorry. This, what, tell me what, how this changes people's lives even after the fact. I mean, do you see that this makes a huge shift in the way people live? yeah, you're just a different person. Like it's literally people tell us all the time. It's life-changing. Like they come in, you know, and have their baby, which they do. And then it's, but it's like, you're, you just change your whole life because you understand how everything, all the different inputs that, that, that you're getting, you know, you know, come to your body, how that impacts your whole life. And then it becomes a ripple effect. We don't preach, but people around you are like, Oh, cool. What are you doing? And, you know, I have a group of like close, like eight to 10 girlfriends and, I've been doing this, you know, eating this way and doing this for the last 10 years and beginning, um, people are like, what are you doing? Sir? It's crazy. And I did kind of go on a little bit of a soapbox. That's why I started the podcast. I don't need to I'll do my <laughs> for people that want to listen, but, but then now it's like, oh, we're having a potluck. I'm going out on Friday night and people are like, oh, well, Sarah doesn't, cause I don't do dairy, gluten, corn or nuts. And that's not for everybody. That's what I've discovered for me, how I feel great, but I eat tons of food. I feel awesome. And we're having the potluck and some of my other friends are, some of them are, are gluten and dairy free. Someone's like, oh, I know if I don't have this, I don't feel great. So we're having a potluck where all of us can eat. Cause for years I'd bring my own food. I literally couldn't eat any, like they'd be bringing, which is what I concerned. Like I, I thought was junk, um, you know, processed food. And now we're like, oh wait, I can still have some treats. And, and so, yeah, it's just very empowering. It's that ripple effect of people around you and um, not to preach. And people will come when they're ready, especially for partners. People are like, oh, my husband doesn't want to do this. Well, lead by example. If he sees you making the changes and not like nagging or dragging, um, he's more apt to you know come along. Yes. I always say that is like so that is 
so typical. And with the work that I do too, it's like you, people think they're, that they're going to be talking about them or, you know, shaming them or whatever. It's the complete opposite. You become this trailblazer and this example of a better life essentially without having to even preach. And it's like, Oh man, what are you doing over there? You know? So Sarah, you are changing the world. I love this work that you're doing. What is the best way um, for people to find how they can work with you? Yeah. So I have a a fertility diet freebie so they can go to fertilitydietfreebie.com. It's a five-day fertility challenge, all filled with chef prepared recipes that are specifically designed to enhance fertility. So they can check that out. And um, yeah, that's where I'd start. Okay, great. And the name of your podcast again? That is Get Pregnant Naturally. They can find it on iTunes and Spotify. Awesome. And we'll have all of that info in the show notes. Sarah Clark, thank you so much for being here. I I have like a whole new world of exposed to me now. And um, I just really appreciate your time and your work. So thank you so much. Thanks, Mary. If a life of deeper self-mastery and feminine embodiment is calling you, but alcohol is the one constant in your way, I want to invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program. It's your opportunity to apply the tools and principles from the show to your life one step at a time. Together, we create the safe and sacred container to explore the habit of alcohol, the power of choice, and awaken your inner light. Schedule a complimentary alignment session where I will help you uncover the next best step for you on your journey of discovering what's possible on the other side of alcohol. Follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com. I can't wait to connect.